Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads Land Grant Holy Land's College Basketball Podcast. This is episode 67 of our College Hoops Podcast. My name is Connor Lamont. I am joined by my co-host Justin Golba as we are rolling into the final three weeks of the college basketball regular season the Buckeyes are three and 13 they are locked into the 13 seed in the Big Ten tournament unless things get even worse somehow or Minnesota somehow wins games in which case Ohio State could be the 14 seed uh, but it looks like they're gonna be the 13 seed so today we are gonna uh, talk a little bit of Ohio State but there's plenty of other stuff to also talk about in the you know the college basketball universe right now yeah, my apartment's ceiling's leaking, Connor. So uh, if that's a good testament on the Ohio State basketball season, I think it is. Uh, the ceiling's been leaking for a while now. My ceiling's been leaking since about 3.30, but Ohio State ceiling's been leaking for about a month and a half. When they said um, the sky is falling, it's the sky is literally falling on you currently. The sky is literally falling in Indiana. Yeah, shout out to me for making that joke, although I did see it a lot on Twitter, so uh, I'm not that creative. But nevertheless... I will get the ceiling fixed, and Ohio State will get their ceiling fixed. Hopefully, do we need to discuss? Do we need to discuss the Kent State Golden Flashes as we do every week? No, we only talk about them when they win, Connor. That's uh, okay. Does not fit my narrative when they lose, and I do not like to push things that do not fit my own personal narrative. Okay, moving on then. (laughs) Um, So we will we'll start with kind of um, we just we we haven't talked about this just because it's a little touchy. But I do think it's a really important story, and I think that you agree with me. It's a really important story, but we'll stay again away from the legal side of it, just the importance as to the college basketball landscape, and that is what, what's going on at the University of Alabama. Um, there was an incident in January where Darius Miles, a member of the Alabama men's basketball program, uh, was charged with capital murder for an incident on Alabama's campus. Um it kind of it was kind of odd how quickly I don't want to say swept under the rug because it wasn't swept under the rug, but how quickly the Alabama men's basketball program kind of like, yep, he's off the team. We're still practicing tomorrow, and we're going to keep going. And they are still a top two team in the country right now. But um, this week it came out that Brandon Miller, who everybody knows who Brandon Miller is, he is going to be a first team All American. Um, he'll be the number two or the number three pick in the NBA draft behind Victor Wembanyama and. Maybe Scoot Henderson. He'll probably be the number three pick, maybe two. He was 
apparently he was the one that brought the gun to the scene of the crime that was then used to kill someone. Now, Brandon Miller is not in any kind of legal trouble. They're saying that, you know, because he didn't know, you know, he didn't know what was going to happen, nor I guess did he physically give the weapon. It was just in a vehicle. Um, It looks like he's not going to be in any kind of legal trouble. But if something wants to happen where Alabama sat down Brandon Miller because of the cloud of what's going on, or if Alabama said, we need to investigate ourselves, uh, Justin, this Alabama team is a whole lot different if Brandon Miller all of a sudden is not playing. Yeah. um, Literally, as you were saying that, I'm like reading something on Twitter now from his attorneys as they just put out of like, I guess the Brandon and Darius Miles were in a, Brandon gave Darius Miles a ride to go to a nightclub and Mr. Miles brought his legal handgun and left in the backseat of Brandon's vehicle. Brandon never saw the handgun nor handled it. Furthermore, it's our understanding the weapon was concealed under some clothing in the backseat of his car, so he didn't even know it was there. Uh, Brandon did not go inside. Instead, he left and went to a restaurant to eat. At approximately midnight, Mr. Miles began asking Brandon to come pick him up so they could leave and go to another location. And that's where Mr. Miles got the Mr. I keep saying Mr. Miles because that's where Darius got the gun back. So I guess that's not even technically giving it to him. I don't know how that works. I'm going to stay out of that. Right, but. So what the attorney is kind of – it sounds like – we're not attorneys – but so we're not really at liberty to say like, oh, this is correct not correct. If I was an attorney, <laughs> damn right. Um, basically, it sounds like his. It sounds like Miles had the gun in the car potentially yeah. when Miller dropped him off, and then Miles said, "Hey, bro, come pick me up." And when he came to pick him up, it sounds like you know Darius Miles had the gun in the back of the car, never told Brandon Miller, and then Darius Miles just got his gun back, his yeah. gun back so out of the te- car. So, so technically. Technically bringing him the gun, but not knowing that he's doing right. it. Not handing him a gun to say, here's yeah. the gun, go do what you want. But like it was in his car, he brought it back to location. Um, Which is so a lot different of, than at first it seemed like Darius Miles was like, yo, bring me this gun. He was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, how that's it was reported news. first. That's how the news that came out earlier this week literally made it sound like Darius Miles texted him like, hey, man, bring me my gun at you know 1 a.m. or whatever. Like, And Brandon Miller's like, okay, yeah, bring your gun. It sounds like maybe that's not what happened. Yeah. Regardless, so, you would yeah, back to the that, basketball aspect of this. I you would think is, you would think that if he was like, I could be wrong, but if he was less of an important player on the team, if he was a role player, it. Do you think that maybe Alabama, if it was a less important player, might sit that player out and say, "Hey, we're just going to sit you out until we get this cleared up, and then you'll be back in." I, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to speak on that just because I can't. I can't get into the psyche of. We were kind of talking about this off off um, line. I've met coach Oates plenty of times when he was at Buffalo, um, when they visited Kent and stuff, super, super good guy, super nice guy. Um, he's been getting kind of dragged with his comments and I agree the comments were, were bad. Um, but I do think that in general, he has probably the best int- from what I've seen with him at Buffalo and whatnot, with the way he interacted with those players and stuff. I do think he does have the best interest of these kids at heart in his heart. Um, just the, execution hasn't been great so far so um you know of that like just him trying to navigate through these waters he hasn't really done a great job with that because his comments were like i said if you don't know what he said he basically said brandon was in the wrong place at the wrong time which i guess with this added information kind of makes more sense with what he's saying it's still not what you say but um also definitely want to walk back what i just said of his execution hasn't been great because that's not what you say but um you know, nevertheless, yikes. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, 
Um, with, but I'm with, huh? <laughs> the little symbol thing for a joke, but I'm, tss. yeah, yeah, that's a, that's where words can get you. But, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's just an unfortunate situation. Um, you know, it will be interesting to see how it moves forward with, you know, if it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen with Brandon Miller. Um, again, I'm not an attorney. I can't speak to what should happen or shouldn't happen. I have no idea, but it would be something to pay attention to. If you're looking to fill out your NCAA tournament brackets, that's for sure. Because uh, he's an incredibly, he's pretty much the consensus number two pick either him or Scoot Henderson behind uh, Victor Wimbanyana. So it'll be very interesting. It would be, it would be, I'll be curious to see if it, ha- I don't think anything will happen, but um, yeah, just moving forward. Yeah, it's, the only reason it's relevant is just because of, how important of a player he is on the national landscape. And the timing. I mean, it being, it, it being late February with, you know, the tournament yeah. around the court. This is like November. I, you know, people, you probably just maybe sit him and move forward and bring him back a little bit later. But now if you sit him, you, just, you're kind of guaranteed. If he was to out. sit out, if he was to sit out, it would just, you know, if he was to sit out, Alabama at this point is a clear one seed. If he was, if hypothetically, if Alabama was to sit him down and say, we need you to stop playing until we clear this up. And now you're looking at a, a squad that, probably can still win a tournament game or two tournament games with like Mark Sears, Noah Clowney, uh, Javon Quinterly, Charles Bediaco. Like they could probably win a game or two, but Alabama is going to be a one or a two seed in the tournament. And if for some reason, Brandon Miller is not there, they are no longer a final four caliber team that it changes everything. Yeah. I don't, I'm not changing the subject on purpose here, but Charles Bediaco was an Ohio state recruit, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I remember that. I really wanted him. Uh, and Javon yeah. Quinterly was was a uh, was a guy that him and Shackelford, which I think Shackelford is he still on the team? I think Jaden Shackelford. Wait, let me. No, Jaden Shackelford is I think gone now. Both of those. Yeah, were they, he, he I, went back. He was the one that uh, it was either him or Cedric Russell late in the year, but then Shackelford ended up going back to Bama for his final season. Yeah, Last I year. wanted both Quinterly and Shackelford were guys that both transferred, and I wanted Ohio State to look at both of them. Currently um, was from Villanova, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, there's not many more players more important to a team than Brandon Miller is, so we'll see if it evolves to anything. But um, I guess if you're paying it, if you're if you're still paying attention to March Madness like we are, you know, it doesn't only matter if Ohio State's in for us. We still love the tournament. Definitely pay attention to that. Um, the other – another thing that would be – that we should hit on just because I think it, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, so, Michigan State had their first – Home game this yeah, week. I, I, yeah, I want to, to hit on this for sure. Their first home game Sorry. since there was a shooting on campus last week, last week, a week from this past weekend, like a week and a half ago, I believe, um, where they had three students were, were were killed and they ended up canceling their game with Minnesota or postponing their game with Minnesota. So it's been about a week and a half since they've had a home game. Michigan State, I did not watch the full game. I know that uh, – they were trailing. They were trailing for a good portion of the first half, and then the, it sounds like Tyson Walker took over in the second yeah, half. Tyson Walker went nuclear. They beat Indiana by fifteen, I think. So, um, mm-hmm. Michigan State, I'm sure, also had some supernatural kind of mojo going with them that there's no way they were going to lose that game. Well, it was also one of those things where, like, they started hitting some shots that they just don't hit. You know, it was that kind of thing. Tyson Walker went. It was to the end of the first half, start of the second half. He hit five threes in like a span of like five minutes. He just went nuclear. And um, and I, I tweeted this out from the Bucketheads account. But, you know, it's regardless of your opinions on Izzo, you know, I know 
some people aren't don't love his antics on the sideline and how mad he gets and whatnot. I've never had an issue with his. I think he's an incredible coach, but um, he is he has been just such an incredible beacon of light for that university in this time. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. He's been there his whole, he said he's been there his whole adult life, basically like that's his home, you know, and the way he's been able to kind of lead them through this. And you can just tell how emotional he is, how much he cares about that university His, you know, I mean, his own kid goes there. They said his own, Steven is was like hiding in a building during it. You know, like I can't even imagine the thoughts you'd have as a coach and, and a parent, you know, so he's, he's been, like I said, no matter what your thoughts on Izzo are, he's been incredible throughout this whole thing. And you can just tell how much the kids and the school means to him. And he's done a great job of kind of helping lead them through just such a – what was a horrible tragedy. Yeah, I'll be honest. I felt like a clown when I was uh, putting in my DraftKings uh, bets that day. And I saw Indiana was like – Indiana at Michigan State. Indiana was an underdog, and it was like plus – 200 is like plus 220 or something and i was like i think indiana is a better team than michigan state so i ended up putting money on indiana and as soon as i did that i thought oh man they're all wearing white tonight for like this you know kind of like a remembrance of of the people that died they're gonna do like a moment um as soon as i put that bet and i was like there's no way michigan state's losing this game there's no as well and i was like that was was like there's no there's no way that they're gonna (laughs) lose this game no, it's Hong Kong. I mean, shout, shout out to the Indiana coaches as well. Uh, they were wearing hoodies that said Spartan Strong, which was really cool. So it, it is nice to see, you know, people obviously – it's it's obvious, but not everybody does it. Just put aside sports for a second for a cause that is obviously much greater and, you know, come together as a community. That was really cool to see. And now Michigan State's in a six-way tie for a double bye in the Big Ten tournament. There's- yeah, Michigan State's quietly one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten. There's six teams. There's six teams that are nine and seven right now: Illinois, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan State. Is it six or seven? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, just six. Uh, Illinois, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Michigan are all nine and seven. Um, <laughs> there is a clear cut one, two, three in the standings without ties, and then there's six teams tied for fourth. One of them is going to get a double bye in the Big Ten tournament, and there are four games left for them to figure it out. But. Um, yeah. As everybody yeah, I, predicted, I, the top two teams in the Big Ten are Purdue and Northwestern. And the, another crazy thing is, and we said it last week, and then Nebraska went and I they beat – did they beat Wisconsin? Was that their big win? No, they beat Maryland. Yeah. They beat Maryland. No, they, yeah, they beat Maryland, yeah. Nebraska is currently the 12 seed in the Big Ten at 7-10, and 10, and they are two and a half games out of the four spot. Like, mathematically – Ohio, Nebraska. Nebraska as a 12 seed is closer to the double bye than Ohio State is as a 13 seed to Nebraska. To get to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ohio State Tough. Um, is uh, Ohio State is three and a half games behind Nebraska just to get to the 12 seed. Nebraska is two and a half games away from tying to have a double bye. Like, this is the most jammed up the Big Ten has ever been. Yeah, and Ohio State is not involved in it, which is kind of a bummer because this is when it gets really fun. And again, we're we've said this multiple times. We're just college basketball fans, so I'm still excited for Big Ten games because I'll watch them. But it would be a lot more fun if Ohio State was like playing for anything right now, but they're not. So yeah, I mean, you it's, your bed, you got to lay in it. I'm kind of I'm kind of numb to it, and the reason like Ohio State plays Penn State uh, tonight at six thirty, but we're not even going to really. 
Like at no. this point, at this point of, of the I would love show, to talk about Purdue game with you, but I watched about 15 minutes of it. I had it makes to do, so it makes more sense to talk big picture about Ohio State than it does to talk uh, yeah. visual game results. Because them beating Penn State matter. or losing to Penn State, there's no. not a single thing that's going to change on Friday. So that's if, where we're at if right something, now. Yeah, if they lose to Penn State, even in media availabilities, press conferences, like. Really, what good does it do to ask specifically about a part of the game where you, where the game got away and you lost your your fourteenth game in your last fifteen? Like that's at this point, I don't even. That's not. This important. is honestly. This might be an unpopular opinion, but this is honestly where I I would be okay with them not doing post game media availability. The reason why is, and I know people like you need to hold these people accountable. First of all, no, you don't. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna ask them? Right, everyone wants to. Have you lost the team? Do you, you know, those are just dumb questions because they're not gonna, you're not gonna get an answer. He's gonna say yes. I mean, you know, like you gotta think. They're not gonna say anything of substance. You're just putting these college kids out there who've lost now 13 out of 14 games. Some of them freshmen. I mean, they made Thornton and I know you were at the press conference today or listened to it or were you there or was did you listen to it? How'd that work? Today? No, I was there today. Okay, so yeah, so I, but they made like Thornton. And, Gale available, right? Two freshmen. You know, it's like, so what are they really going to tell you? People were just kind of taking what Bruce Thornton said a little bit out of context, and now that he's going to transfer in everybody's mind. and I I just, I don't know. At this point in time, you're not going to get any really answers out of the coaches. You're just kind of getting the Twitter people upset because you're not asking the questions they want you to ask. I I don't really see the point of it. Not to interject. Do you know who asked him a question that led to him making that quote? You're looking at him. This guy right here. Oh, you asked the Bruce Thornton question. Good for you. I did. I did. I asked. You I ask? pretty much asked. The question I wasn't out there. It was just the answer. <laughs> I just, I just asked. Well, I asked Roddy too, but Bruce has just Bruce has been in front of the cameras and the mic so much this season that he kind of takes charge with these things, whereas Roddy has not done that nearly as much. So I asked it of both well, of yeah, them. He's captain now, so Bruce gave me a big, a good answer, and Roddy just kind of said yes, yeah, sure. But I basically asked Bruce. I said, <laughs> I know that neither of you guys have ever lost. You never, you've never, I basically, you've never been losers in high school. You were not losers. You did not lose games. You were winning championships. You have never lost at this level. You have never been a loser and have failed to win games for so long. So I know it sucks. I know it sucks and it's tough, but in this, in the summer, when you get into your summer workouts and you get into next season, do you think maybe this grind of going through this awful, difficult, miserable stretch is something that maybe you can kind of lock up in your chest and use as to kind of that fire to burn in you as you're prepping for next season, when you're doing workouts in the summer, when you're starting the non-conference in the fall, like, are you going to remember, are you going to remember this pain and this frustration when it comes time to get ready to run it back? And that's kind of what he said was like, I never, ever want to feel like this again. He said, it's miserable. He said, I don't want to talk to anybody after we lose. I don't want to look at anybody he, and he just said, "I'm never going to feel like this again when I'm at Ohio State." Like, he's See, gotten, that, Bruce, has, Bruce has gotten really, really good in front of the camera with a mic because he's he's very, very honest. And um, like as a freshman, I just I expect the freshman to be more like how Roddy is with the mic. He's just a little timid. But at this point of the season, man, Bruce has given some really good answers and he's very honest. <laughs> and that's a good good example of a question to get a good answer, right? That's a question that has a little bit of substance, and that's going to get a good answer. When you just ask guys, you know, are you jealous of Bryce Sensabaugh's success? I'm not going to say who asked that, so we'll just call him Bruce Hooley. Um, 
And I'm just kidding. The video's out there, so everybody knows who asked it. That's why I said that. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> um, you know, you're not going to get an answer. You're just going. They're going to be like, no, because what are they going to say? Yes, I, that's not what you say there. So that that's a good example of like there are questions that can be kind of critical because that I mean you are basically calling them losers, but you're saying it in a way that's like you know you've lost now. How can you use that to fuel you next year? How can you use that to learn from? That's my biggest thing. I like to ask. When we're covering high school games as coaches, like even a win or loss, what is your what can is one thing you can take away from this game to move forward in the season, to move forward and stuff? And that's why I think is a good good question of right. And I know, didn't look, want this, like, this season's toast. Uh, what are we gonna learn from it? And after individual games, like especially at this point of the season, saying, Are there tangible things that you did well? Did you rebound well? Did you do this? Do well? It's like, sure, you did well. Cool. You did a couple of things well, and you lost by 12. whoop de do. I At this point of the season, what you're doing individually in these games on the stretch that don't matter, I don't care. What I really want to know is big picture, which coaches and players love to dodge big picture because they don't want to talk about it. They want to use the cop out of, you know, I like to just stay in the moment. I like to just, you know, we're going to focus on our next game. That's I don't care about the next game. At this point, I want to know big picture. I want to know this sucks. You have to be miserable right now. And in the summer when you guys are running stadium steps at 6 a.m. or in the fall when you start doing film for, you know, Our Lady of the Lake and Maine, are are you going to remember how much pain this this is right now? How much how painful it is to lose at this level to make sure that it's not going to happen again. And I wanted to see what Bruce would give back and yeah, he's gotten real good. He's gotten real good at the mic and not just giving like cliche, uh, lame answers. Yeah. And I think that's, an, you know, I, I disagree with the sentiment that just because it's been that horrible of a season, um, that you can't take things away from it. Positive things, you know, obviously the overall season is a, it's a wash and there's negative to it, but you know, the freshmen are learning from this. They're going to learn. It is interesting that, you know, at an Adam Jardy to, uh, put this out there because again best in the business by far not even close uh don't even will not even entertain anything different um he put out the last time ohio state started four freshmen in a game was 1995 96 something like that and the record was similar they were like they had like 10 wins they were three and 15 in the conference you know and that that those freshmen only started one game they started the final game of the season so you know it it does it's I wouldn't take too much away from that, but it is interesting that the last time they started this many freshmen, they had a similar record. Um, but these freshmen, you, you know, there's growing pains. We knew there was going to be growing pains. We didn't think the growing pains would be this, but because we thought the upperclassmen would, let's be honest, would provide a lot more than they have. But I think the freshmen overall have been a positive, right? Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Bryce. Um, it seems like, I mean, Jordy tweeted out again today that, According to everything he's seen, the other three freshmen will be back next year. Bryce is still t- uh, TBD. It'll be kind of interesting to see because a lot of times it depends with these guys with the draft. It depends on how you play in the postseason. With Bryce not really getting a postseason, depending on how they do in the Big Ten tournament, it'll be interesting to see kind of where his draft stock fluctuates. But obviously, the combine is the the important part there. So, but you know, for Roddy, Bruce, and Felix, who definitely will be back or definitely won't go to the draft, I should say, probably won't transfer. Um, you know, these are all growing pains that you learn through and live through. And I mean, Bruce has had it just as much as anybody with his play. You know, he's had to 
Felix and Roddy have come off the bench. They've played, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Bruce Thornton has played 35 minutes since day one. So he has been playing through this the entire time. So I don't think anybody's going to be more uh, equipped to handle pressure and adversity than, than he will be next year. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see him and Tayson Chapman, truly. It's so funny. And Bronny, and Bronny James. It's funny that you just mentioned the starting the four freshmen. Last time they did that was like 1994. Because I only asked two questions to Bruce today, and I just told you one. And literally the other question that I asked was you and Felix and Bryce and Roddy all started together at Purdue. Because that's the first time since like the late 90s that, that Ohio State started four freshmen in the same lineup together. And I said, so what is that feeling like for you four to all be on the court together? And what does that say about, about your coach that he's starting the four of you at Purdue because Chris Holtman is not starting the, I told Bruce, I said, he's not starting the, he didn't start the four of you just as like some novelty idea of like, Hey, this would be cool. Let's see what happens. He's, he needs to win games. He's starting you four because he decided that's what gives you the best chance to win that game at Purdue. So what does that say about your coach and what was that like for you? And Bruce just said, um, he said, we got into the huddle. And we all just started laughing. He goes, because I said, this is literally our dorm room. <laughs> like, they all live together. They all live yeah. together. The four of them live together. So oh, they like, did? I didn't know that. Yes, That's why they didn't yes. do that first for me. That seems like this is I our was dorm like, well, room. They need to go home with their dorm room. <laughs> no, he was like, this is literally like like they, they leave their dorm to go meet each other at practice. And they probably go together if they're together because they literally live together. He said, this is our dorm room. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's another thing that, like, people – because obviously everybody – all people can talk about now is, like, well, it's not about who's leaving. It's about how many of them. It's like, no, that's that's not the case because these guys are close. They're friends, you know. And a lot of them, I know, like, especially <coughs> – excuse me, I just coughed. Um, I don't know why I just narrated my cough, but I did. Um, yeah, bless you. Yeah, what was I saying? Oh, you know, a lot of people, like, especially like older generation, they think like this generation, like me and you and the people a little bit younger than us are like soft and they just want any, they want the easy way out. It's like, no, they probably know that this is the worst Ohio State record in a long time. And now it's time to dig it out the mud. You know, now it's time to fix this. All right. We were freshmen. We're not just going to abandon ship, right? Let's, let's fix this. Let's dig in. Let's figure this thing out. They know who's coming in next year. They know it's three, maybe four guys that could be impactful right away. You know, let's get a couple transfers. And let's figure this thing out. Let's get Zed Key healthy, who was, you know, for all the shit he takes on Twitter, was averaging 14 and 9 before he got hurt. I don't know what else people want from you, center. I mean, that's very good numbers. Um, on like, what, 65% shooting from the field? That's, that's great. Early on, yeah, so, before he got hurt. Yeah, before he got hurt. So, you know, let's get him healthy. Let's get these guys and let, let's figure this thing out. So I maybe that's a way too positive outlook on my part. Who knows? Life's too hard to be so fucking negative all the time, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, there are going to be I, guys that there are going to be guys leaving this team, but I, I don't think that oh, the freshmen. Sure. Are gonna, I don't think the freshmen are going to be the ones that are leaving this team. Well, and I, it, you're in, you're in kind of a weird spot too because we keep talking about like they got to bring in a couple impactful transfers. They got to bring in a couple impactful transfers. Well, if nobody leaves this team, they have no spots to bring in anybody. So there there are going to be some spots opening up. <laughs> there are going to oh, be for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, but. I don't I mean, think we, it's. We, I, I would put if 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 there were early Fanduel odds on, or DraftKings, I don't you know whatever you use, um, I would put money on the three coming back, the three freshmen. Bryce, I have no idea. I can't. 
Can't speak on I'm that. I'm trying to find if there's any new NBA mock drafts to see if it's changed on Bryce, but it it's changed on Kobe Bufkin. I'll tell you that much. Kobe Bufkin's like a lottery pick now. What? Sorry, I just I saw Kobe Bufkin as high as eleven today. Eleven. Where highest highest Big Ten player ESPN. That was Jonathan Gavani. I no way. That would be that would be I so stand. funny. Actually, that would be I so st- funny. I'll look it up, but I almost almost swear to God, uh, Kobe Bufkin was at eleven every. Every year, Michigan loses like one and duns and one and duns, and then they finally have like they finally have a guard that's like progressing year to year. That's going to be like an all Big Ten caliber guy, and that yeah. he also goes. That would be so funny. I think if you um, haven't been paying a lot of attention, you don't maybe don't realize just how good. Oh, I'm a stupid. I'm a stupid idiot. This was the huge 2024 mock draft everyone was shitting on today. He's projected eleventh oh, in the yeah, 2024. Mock draft. Oh, that's because my, it was that's, talking about Brian. That's my apologies. Yeah, he's still first round in the twenty twenty three, but it's it's late twenties. He's projected eleventh in the twenty, which I agree with. But yeah, putting out twenty twenty four mock draft on February twenty twenty three is nonsense. But that's besides the point. I think that draft that, uh, has Bronny James going top ten. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Um, I think that the freshman was. I we could be wrong. Things changed. Kids change their mind. They're 18, oh, yeah. 19 years old. But I think that right now it looks – I think, I think all, all the freshmen have come back, but I think that Bowen Hardman could transfer. I think Kalen Etzlin could transfer. I think Gene Brown could transfer. I think Gene Brown will transfer, actually, even though I like Gene. Um, and I, I hope he comes back, Hayden. but for his own sake, I hope he, I probably hope he transfers, yeah. I think he could be a and great I, player somewhere else. And I, I don't think that Tanner Holden will come back. And those are four players who are currently taking up scholarships – that would suddenly be open next year. Now, are all four of those guys going to leave 100%? Probably not. But I think on a case-by-case basis, each of them will most likely transfer. So, yeah, they're going to be bringing in probably a couple transfers, and it wouldn't be – that Ohio State will still be very involved with Bronny James in the spring. They are still – they're one of his three yeah. final schools, allegedly. So they will be very involved trying to get Bronny James to join that class. And if they get Bronny James – they still would probably bring in at least two transfers because there are going to be some spots opening up. I just I don't think it's going to be that freshman class. That's not where those spots are going to come from. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I mean, at this um, day, what was it last year of the 360 D1 schools, like nine had a guy not transfer? Like, it's just – it's the climate. Somebody's going to transfer, so you have spots. But And then you didn't say it directly. You kind of danced around it. Zed Key is having shoulder surgery uh, oh, very right. soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing probably in the next week or so. It, it sucks. I mean, it sucks for Zed, but it's probably it what needed to be. It's probably what needed to be done, honestly, for a few weeks. And most people, including Adam Jardy, um, pretty much everybody was looking at this like, man, why are why do they keep sending Zed Key out there? I know that like Felix Akpara can't do what Zed Key can do when healthy. But this team's a sinking ship. Why do we keep sending Zed out there? And every time his shoulder gets tapped, he's like doubling over in pain, man. Just help let him get the shoulder fixed because the sooner you get it fixed, the quicker he'll be um, on the road to recovery to hopefully be able to play when the season starts in November. Uh, so he's getting that, that surgery done very soon. He will not play again this season. Felix Akpara will probably start um, every game well, from here think- on out. I think at this rate, it's it's a lot of. I don't mean to word it this way, but it's kind of like this is Ohio State kind of accepting to punt on the season, right? I mean, the minute you have season-ending surgery for a starter, 
you probably just, all right, let's just figure out, let's get him healthy. It'd be one thing if he was a senior, but he's not. He's a junior who will be ideally back next year. So, you know, just get him healthy, get him right. I think that's the consensus. Uh, shout out to all the losers on Twitter who's happy he's hurt. Obviously, there's a distinction between the people like us and a lot of people that, like, listen to us because I, you know, I see what they say on Twitter and stuff of, like, no, we are not happy he's healthy, but we're happy that he's getting getting or not happy he's hurt but we're getting happy that he's getting the the surgery and you know getting the rest that he needs to the people that are like this team's better without him fuck him fuck you you're a loser piece of shit that's the only way i can say that it's just true like if you're if you are a grown person on twitter happy about a 19 year old 20 year old getting hurt because you don't think he is the best player on your favorite sports team you're a weirdo and a loser that's just a fact I don't Sorry. know why he gets I – th- I think that – no, it's okay. Let it out. I think that people <laughs> – I think that – I think that – so much say cheaper people, than therapy. I don't want to say people in general because we all know that the people on the internet that are angry or sour are the ones that speak up and the ones who aren't angry and sour usually aren't. Oh, right. I absolutely by no means I'm saying that's the majority. That's like the very just, small 1% minority. They're I just think the, the people ones. that give him crap is – they, they they don't like that he's not seven feet tall and they say he should be playing in a lower league. He should be playing in the Mac. He should be playing in like the AAC or something. And I just don't, I'll never understand the criticism because when you look at his stats, uh, you know, even at this point of the season, I'd have to look at his stats. Now that the season's over, he was playing compromised for about five weeks. I think he still ends the season with like 11 points per game, six rebounds per game and he's probably shooting right around 50% from the field. And that is including, like I said, his five weeks where he's been playing with this brace on. 11 points, six rebounds, and shooting roughly 50%. That plays in the Big Ten. Like, I don't understand how people are saying he he shouldn't play in the Big Ten. He's not a Big Ten caliber player. He's literally playing in the Big Ten and putting up double digits in the Big Ten. So how is how are you saying he's just not a Big Ten caliber player? Like he's doing it right now in the Big Ten. I don't understand. Before he got hurt, he was even better than fifty percent. He was more like sixty percent from the field. So I I think people really want a seven foot center and everything else be damned if he's not seven foot because that's like six nine. Um, is he elite? No. Will he ever be Hunter Dickinson? No. Will he ever play in the NBA? Probably not. No. But he is very much capable, more than capable of being a starting center in the big 10 for a, a championship caliber team. I don't understand. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, let's play a quick game, Connor. I'm just going to see something here. Name this Ohio state player. Okay. 14 points per game, 9.3 rebounds per game, 1.9 assists per game, one block a game shot about 72% from the free throw line and 45%. Uh, 44% from the field. Sorry. Who do you think that is? Start every game. Deshaun Tate? No. Good guess, though. He never had any rebounds. What year, what, what year are we looking at here? If I say the years, I can give it away. But 2019-2020. Uh, uh, 14 points a game, 40-some. Is it like nine, Caleb nine Wesson? It, it, that is Caleb Wesson, um, who everybody says that they would like back over Zed Key. Those stats are almost identical to what Zed Key was averaging this year before he was hurt. He was averaging about 13 and 8. Um, 
And that was Caleb Wesson's final year. Now it's still junior year to junior year because uh, Caleb Wesson left after his junior year. But that's with Zed Key still having another year to play and get better. So I just, I, I'm with you. I don't understand the criticism. I think people think Trace Jackson Davis is growing trees. They don't. Um, the hilarious part is they're always like, you know, a big, you know, why can't we get a Zach Eady for once? Well, Zach Eady was a three star recruit. So even if you did get Zach Eady, you wouldn't have liked it. So I don't understand. You know, it's, it's, that's like uh, these five star seven footers don't grow on trees. They really don't. And they probably aren't coming to Ohio State. Let's be honest. They're probably going to Duke, like Mark Williams. So, because he was a five star seven footer. But, you know, I, I just, that's, or Gonzaga. Gonzaga tends to get those guys. Or Purdue, because they have a little bit of a track record there. So, that, I, I think Zed Key is going to be fine next year. I think he's going to be a good, I don't think he can be your best player. Um, if you want to be like a championship team. But I think he can be a very, very, very consistent and solid starter when he's healthy. Because he's proven he can be. He outplayed Mark Williams last year at Duke. Mark Williams is currently carving out a very nice rookie season in the NBA. I mean, right? We've seen him that- do it. And we've referenced He's just been that. so hurt over the past two years. We've referenced that specific game, and I'm sure that people, if, if people don't like Zed Key, they'll say, "Okay, reference a different game that maybe okay. maybe use a different maybe use a different game that he's played well instead of the same one." Okay, he played even better against Duke this season at Cameron Indoor than he did Correct. last year. Yeah, I was literally I was literally gonna say, "Okay, let me call it the Duke game again." Right, he was playing very, very, very well in the front 15 games of this season, like that's when Ohio state's offense honestly is the best because Zed key is a big boy. And there are very few teams in the big 10 that can throw one defender at Zed key. And you can stop him from doing his little back down, back down, and then hook over the shoulder with the left hand. Almost every team has to throw two defenders at him. Even if people don't like him, they say Zed key sucks. Most teams, most coaches, have to scheme something up where they throw two defenders at him to stop him from going up with the left hand, even if he allegedly sucks. That's what it takes to stop him when he's going right. You play that little inside-outside game, you draw an extra defender down low, you pop out somebody open on the outside. That's how Ohio State's offense is. That's when their offense is going the best. So now that Zed's gone, Felix is not going to get – Felix isn't going to get the same respect that Zed gets. So now it's suddenly going to be a whole lot harder for them to score because nobody respects Felix Akpara as a guy that can actually score below the basket yet. Well, and that's and that's another thing because people always say, oh, well, the season got derailed against Purdue, right? Ohio State's been broken since the Purdue game, which isn't inaccurate. But what also happened in that Purdue game? They lost Zed Key. <laughs> like, you can't tell me these things are coincidences. Now, people will downplay that because they still played well against Purdue. And credit to Felix Akpara, he played great. Zach Eady didn't have his normal... 20 and 15, he had like 17 and 12. But, you know, it, it, that those are the things that they lost that Purdue game because Purdue got hot from three. That was it. It wasn't because of any, really anything else. And also, let's be honest, because of a late justice suing turnover. That doesn't happen. They probably still win the game. So that, but with Zed Key getting hurt in that game, like there is a correlation to the downfall of their season. It's just what it is. I, they were, they were really good when he was healthy. They've been bad since he hasn't been. I, I, the stats back that up. The stat, every, everything you watch, everything you see, everything you consume, tells you that. So I don't. I don't, I, I think Zeki's going to be just fine. I really do. Yeah. Again, I'm excited and, to see what he can do next year. Hopefully, he stays healthy. And I'm not even trying to. It's like this team blows. This team stinks. This team is no good. Stinky. I'm not even trying to like 
say like, oh man, if Zed Key wasn't hurt, this team would be in the top. Like, no, this team, even if Zed Key was healthy, this team still might not make the tournament. No, yeah, but for I sure. That the I think some of the criticisms of of, of Zed is kind of unfair. And also, I we can too. say this as a we can say this as a fact because he said it um, when they announced the surgery today. There was somebody like commented either on his post or like on Eleven Warriors post that just said, "If he gets healthy, he's going to transfer as soon as he comes back." And Zed, who Zed probably shouldn't be waiting in the comments, but yeah, he this was. is the part I don't love. <laughs> to be honest, and with he you. responded to this random kid and said, "No, I'm not." Yeah, so I don't love that. Unfortunately, that means Zed is seeing a lot of this stuff, which sucks because he doesn't deserve the hate he's getting. I, even if he was terrible on the court, he doesn't deserve the hate he's getting, but he's not. So. Um, but yeah, it sucks that he, he commented on it because it means like, it just confirms that he's definitely seeing all this stuff. So, I mean, there's some loser on Twitter. I'm not even gonna say his name cause I don't like him, but, uh, it's you like, I mean, literally every game is just Zed key, Zed key, Zed key, this Zed key sucks. They, it's like, dude, go touch grass or hug your wife. Come on. Good Lord. Wife. Sure. Uh, maybe we'll try to get. Maybe we'll try to get Zed on the podcast this summer when things get a little bit slow. He's he's a he's a goofy guy. He'd be fun. But anyway, um, we got to talk about the snakes. No, we don't have to talk. I love Zed Key Um, because you could have him on a. I feel like you could have him on a forty-minute podcast interview and not once talk about basketball. And those are the people I like. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy. We'll we'll, multi-dimensional. We try. We actually we tried to get him last summer, and he was. He, he was he's a hard man to get a hold of but anyway we'll try again this summer um we have not done a draft in a while i don't know if you saw this that i put this in the the plan here but we're gonna do this because the dunk contest was this week and our good friend jay sean tate was in the dunk contest throwing passes to somebody but he was still in the dunk contest um somebody are, don't disrespect kenny martin jr like that we are I also did not see this in the notes so this is going to be completely off the dome for me we're going to draft uh, two teams for the dunk contest. So four players each con- each team. Uh, only Ohio State players. So it's going to be a total of eight players. Yeah, any Ohio State player that you can recall. Right. I mean, I'm only 26, so I'm yeah, not going to say. We have to specify then if anybody that's 60 years old listening to this. Sorry, I didn't say some dude from 1974 that I've never seen. Play. Yeah, I mean, Jerry 26. Lucas, this is going to be Lucas. very strictly Thad Mata and Chris <laughs> Open Air guys. Let's just Jerry put Lucas that disclaimer not- out there now. Yeah, Jerry Lucas is not in my dunk contest team. But, we have um, to put that every year nuts article that we do of like – because so the Facebook people don't start going, well, this guy in 1936 was pretty good. It's like, well, okay. Well, I, I like camcorders. So. I, I feel like there's a couple – there's like two or three gimmies that we're going to start with, and I feel like we we might both no, start no, with the, the same guy. The number one So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a number um, – I'm thinking of a number one through five. I'm basically going to let you go first. But I'm thinking of a number okay. one through five. And if you nail the number, I'm going to go first. But okay. if you don't, then I'm going to let you go first. Sorcery. Okay, three. Okay, no. The number was two. So you can go first. <laughs> I just – I wanted you to – Good honesty, to I guess. There's yeah. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, lot of trust there. But. <laughs> I wrote it down and I showed it to my cat. She's here as my witness. Um, Okay. Because I feel like we might go for the same person to start it. So you oh, go ahead. I, you go first. Yeah, I don't think – I think the number one pick is like as obvious as like this year's NBA draft. It's it's Sam Thompson. God, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, if I did – that's that's nonsense. That's like that's like if the Pistons didn't take Victor Wembignana this year. It's just – it's smacking right. it right in the face. I don't I'm know who my number with, two pick is, but – 
Okay, good. Because I think there's two more guys that, to me, are, are very obvious uh, crazy dunkers. And I'm going to take DJ Carton. Oh, yeah. He had one good dunk. I and forgot DJ Carton existed, to be honest with you. I'm take DJ Carton with my first one. And then there's one more guy that I'm thinking of that hopefully you don't take that I think is another game. Well, I'm trying to avoid recency bias. But I'm failing. So I'm going to go Bryce Sensible. Because <laughs> I do think Bryce would be very creative with it. So I'd actually go with Bryce Sensible. All right. So you it's didn't take the guy time. that I'm going to take. Um, and I think that this guy probably should have been the second pick. So I'm glad you didn't take him. If you ask Jeff Green, he'll tell you that he should be the first pick. I'm going to take Greg Oden. Greg Oden. Okay. Why? Am I missing something with the Jeff Green reference there? He dunked on Jeff Green. Uh, there was, yeah, he he very much dunked on Jeff Green. There's like a poster of it in the shot that it like oh. yeah he surprised that Jeff Green even had a career after that. Interesting. Um, so I got okay. DJ Carden and Greg Oden. You got Sam Thompson and Bryce Sensabaugh. That's um, kind of where my ideas stop. So now I'm kind of going off the cuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to go with. Apparently, the second best dunker on the team in 2018 or 16. I don't know when this Bleacher Report article is. I just Google Ohio State's best dunkers um, from 2014 season. I'm gonna go with Lenzel Smith Jr. That's my mm-hmm. that's my that's my third pick. Apparently, he's a very good dunker. I don't really remember, but <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think back. Um... I will go. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of guys that have just in my memory. I can just remember dunks that have just absolutely murdered people. And there's recency bias is Roddy Gale. I think. I think yeah. he would be really good in that setting. You know what and I mean? How, and how like Roddy just Gale ended, dunk. ended Peyton Sanford's life a few weeks ago. I'm going to take Roddy Gale. So that's my third. So you have one spot left. We've been very one. Who won their slam dunk contest this year? Was it Roddy Gale? Yeah, it was Roddy Gale. Okay, so, I mean, it's probably better picked than Bryce Sensible. So, um, okay, I'll give you that one. Um, although the team did pick Bryce Sensible this year as the best dunker, but Roddy Gale won the event. Shout out to Adam Jardy for that article. I'm going to go with somebody who I can't promise was a good dunker, but I feel like he probably was. And I'm going to go with... <laughs> Uh, Michael Red. I hope that makes sense. That's just a guess. That's a complete guess that he was a good dunker. Mm. He's just okay. super athletic and he's very good at basketball. So I don't hate that. Pick. Um, oh man, was Jimmy Jackson a good dunker? Brother, I'm 26 years old. Yeah, I just imagine somebody who's older than us right now just screaming at the fucking thing. Either I'm an <laughs> idiot or I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot for thinking he's a good dunker or an idiot for not. No. What the hell? Um, oh man. Um, I don't remember who I picked. So you're done. You have Sam Thompson, Bryce Sensabaugh, yeah. Michael Red, and Lenzel Smith Jr. And I have DJ Carton, Greg Oden, Roddy Gale. And uh, let me think about this. I need, I need one more. Uh, cause I also have a lot of ideas here. Yeah, and my literally like my top four have all been taken now. Um, I will go with 
Um, and I'll just do low-hanging fruit. I'll do Jared Sollinger as well. Is he a good dunker? I honestly – I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sure if you search Jared Sollinger dunks, there's going to be like some big nasty ones. That's not how I remember Jared Sollinger as being like – that's not why he was a great player, but I have to assume he was a great dunker. So I have Greg Oden, Jared Sollinger, Roddy Gale, and DJ Carton, and you have Michael Red, Sam Thompson, Bryce Sensiball, Lenzel Smith. Like the couple of names in my head, I was like, Sam Thompson's going to be the first pick from one of us. I thought yeah, Greg sure. Oden was going to be – I thought Greg Oden was going to be the other first pick between us. And then I thought that maybe you would remember DJ Carton just because he had that one yeah, absolutely filthy dunk at, against North Carolina. That was like the most disrespectful yeah, thing I've ever seen. I was trying to think of like guys who'd be good in this setting. Like I know Oden was obviously a very powerful dunker, but I don't remember like too much creativity. So that's where. I also picked Michael Red without knowing, without ever seeing him dunk a ball in my life. So who knows? But um, yeah, I think I won. I'll give myself the win. All right. Well, there we go. Okay, sure. We we'll give you the win. Um, that's probably about it for just regular basketball stuff. I do want to touch on just uh, a shout out, rest in peace, whatever you want to call it. Um, Titus and Tate, which is. Oh. In my opinion, I thought you were actually calling out someone that died. You were being very casual about it. I was like, "Where's this going?" <laughs> um, no, t- well, shout out that yeah. dumbass that part, died. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> a part, a part, shout out to this guy that died. Um, a part of me definitely died. Uh, Titus and Tate. Which, if you're listening to this, you have to know what Titus and Tate is. It was the podcast between Mark Titus and Tate Frazier. We've had Titus on our on our podcast. We've had Tate Frazier. Excuse me. We had Tate Frazier on our podcast. Um, Which I can confirm only us and Assembly Call have done. Have had both. Um, or at least the other only ones that come into what I said on Twitter. <laughs> they uh, uh, Titus and Tate is 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 done. Mark Titus has moved over to Barstool Sports. He has the Mark Titus show now on Barstool. I do not know what Tate Frazier is going to be doing, but uh, – you know that that their you podcast goes back that. to the recruitment of Tate Frazier begins now. Um, they they started out as teed up, and then it went to One Shining Podcast, then it went to Titus and Tate, and honestly, like since uh, since I was a teenager, I was it's probably been close to ten years they've been doing a, a basketball podcast together. Um, that's been like one of my main podcasts that I listen to, just because there's so few good podcasts that focus solely on college hoops. Um, I don't know if Titus's new show will stay with that or if he'll kind of hit on different stuff, but uh, such a great podcast. Like, so, like, I don't know, just, just great content. Learn a lot about college basketball. They're goofballs, they're jackasses, but also they know their stuff. And it's a really big bummer for me. I don't know how much you listen to them, but it's a huge bummer for me that every episode that, that, that that's breaking up after 10 years. There's just so few podcasts that you could listen to and be like, Man, these jackasses have been talking about Mountain West basketball for like 15 minutes straight. Like, yeah, I just don't if, think if you're like, a college basketball sicko, it's a tough one because there's no other podcast quite like them. And I'm curious if his, I'm assuming it'll still be, obviously, it'll be college basketball show, but I'm hoping it's still kind of the same. You can't really replace the the repertoire that, that Tatus and, and Tight, what did I just say? Did I say Tatus and Tight? Yeah, Tatus and Tight. <laughs> Jesus. The Titus and Tate had, you can't really replace that. So, And I don't think 
I struggle. I struggle with podcasts. I only have one person, and I don't think Titus is going to have a co-host. So I'm really curious how that goes. Um, we'll see. There's been plenty of time where when you are joining our green room before we record that I'm listening to Titus and Tate, and I pause it when you join. So it's it's tough, and I I'm not a huge barstool guy. I just I have a hard time believing that he can stick with the pure college basketball lane on there and get as in depth as they did on Titus and Tate without, I could be wrong, but without Barstool saying like, Hey, you have to maybe diversify what you do on your show a little bit. Like we cannot have you sitting there talking about Colorado state basketball for like 15 minutes straight. That's just a little too niche for what we're looking for. I could be wrong, but like that's what made Titus and Tate so fun is that they could somehow turn a conversation about you know, Kent State basketball into a 20 minute rant that was both uh, informative and also hilarious that you left. You're like, wow, I know so much more about the Mac now. And it wasn't boring. Yeah, the one I don't I don't watch much Barstool either. But the one thing I do know is I know they're really pretty good about letting like who they hire just kind of do their thing. So I'm hoping that's what they do with, with Titus. Um, I mean, that was a good example of like when he was on our show, our first question for him was about Rick Pitino that I thought was kind of a throwaway quick answer. And he gave a 25 minute answer to it. So, um, <laughs> very, we're like, hopefully we can get Titus back on the coach? show soon. Who is the well, we probably won't get Titus on the show anytime soon because he's busy, but we, we should get him back on the show pretty soon or at yeah. some point. Cause he's a, he's a good talk to. And Tate was, Tate was a bunch of fun too. Just you got anything else to hit so. before we get out of here. No, I've officially called them Tatus and Tight, so I think at this point it's a good time to move on. <laughs> if you found us on the Land Grant Hoyland Land website, make sure to also subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use for music and podcasts. That way you can be notified when we put out new episodes. You can still find us for now under the Land Grant Holy Land feed. You can follow us at Bucketheads LGHL. For obvious reasons, we pretty much stopped uh, live tweeting games. <laughs> but um we can we'll, we'll keep doing some fun stuff maybe put out some graphics or some games or something i don't know we'll keep the keep the people interested and we will be doing a big 10 preview big 10 tournament preview show and a uh ncaa tournament preview show hopefully with some fun guests so stay tuned uh we're gonna keep the content coming even if the losses keep coming from ohio state so um you know we're gonna we're gonna keep having fun with it so stay locked in and uh I guess soon here we'll probably go to bi-weekly again just because off-season we tend to do that, but that'll probably be April. So thanks for following along. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Lamons underscore Connor, L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R. And I think you said the Twitter handle for Bucketheads, just Bucketheads L-G-H-L. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. And go Bucks.